last year I get a call from a, a random number. Like I answer it, which I never answer random numbers, but for some reason, something told me to answer if, it. If, if they're a person, they'll leave a voicemail. That's my philosophy. Exactly. Well, I answer it. I don't know why it's Lance Stevenson and he's looking for a trainer. And I was like, what, what? is happening right now? <laughs> so, Where were so, you, dude, uh, at my wedding? Jeez. I was like, yeah. So I told him that story day one. I'm like, hey, this is going to sound really weird, but hopefully you remember this trend like 10 years ago. <laughs> I invited you to my wedding. Obviously, the Pacers didn't give you that piece of fan mail. Welcome to the Talking Shop Podcast, where I'm here to share stories, lessons, and experiences in sports performance and professional development. I'm your host, Matt Tomas, and today I'm joined by Justin Ochoa. How are you doing today? I'm awesome, man. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. Always a good day when I can record a podcast, catch up with friends. So a little bit of background about how, first, how we know each other. So I, he's, well, I guess he's the director of SNC and co-owner of Pace Fitness Academy in Indiana. So how we met was I shot a video for 1080 Motion with his business partner, Eric. And then we ran into each other and um, we've exchanged clients and we've chatted and, and here we are now. I've been an observer from afar. So Justin has been in the industry a long time, has done stuff all around it, written for numerous websites that I didn't even want to try to make a list of. <laughs> but he's coached a ton of athletes. I guess hooping is your specialty if you had to give yourself a specialty. Yeah, definitely. So Hoopers, they're always jumping th through the roof whenever I see him on social media. Great dude. He's a husband, a father. And so if you could give us a few bullet points, I guess, about some of your major stops along the way, college, very brief, and then we'll, we'll hop into it. Yeah, man. I appreciate the intro and having me on. Um, I'm always looking forward to, you know, talking shop, you know, no pun intended, hey, but hey. you know, you, <laughs> you kind of nailed it, man. I've just kind of been on this journey over the last 10 years, trying to figure out strength conditioning, sports performance, um, find my little home in this industry and just try to be the best at it that I possibly can. So like we were talking about before the show, um, on the background, you know, not going to go all the way back to the T-ball stages, <laughs> but, uh, I grew up playing basketball. Um, ultimately, when that ended, I started to miss the game. And that was my driving factor on, you know, how I got into coaching. It's like, how can I how can I get back to sports? How can I get back around the thing that I love being basketball, being sports, um, you know, being a part of a team, a locker room, the culture. And for me, based on, you know, a couple – health issues that I was going through at the time um, with myself, that kind of led me back to the weight room, back to like fine tuning my nutrition. And, and then that kind of sparked, okay, this is a career path I can actually follow. And now I can be doing things that I'm passionate about and helping others and, you know, being around the type of people that I want to be around. And that's, you know, a very condensed version of what led me into coaching and kind of how I've got to this point today. Where'd you go to school? I went to Ball State. Okay. So um, good old Muncie, Indiana, man. Love it. Four Love years it. in and out. I, I did my time and uh, haven't been back since. <laughs> for, uh, for anyone who's not been to Indiana, don't. <laughs> that's, that's probably as, as best I can describe it. I always say that there's, there's Indianapolis 
and then there's the rest of Indiana. Yeah, that's fair. So I love Indianapolis. I've lived here my entire life. Um, I was close to moving away at one point in my life, and I'm glad that I didn't because um, it's really come a long way. Over the last 10, 15 years, we've made a lot of strides, like, as a city um, and just being kind of a, you know, a little bit of a sports hub, honestly, man. We host a lot of great events here, Super Bowls, uh, conference tournaments, national tournaments, from youth to pro. But, yeah, and then the rest of Indiana, that's not Indianapolis. <laughs> and so yeah, it should be its own come thing. to Indy, come to Indy, but that's that's it. That's great. That's great. It's it's interesting hearing a ton of practitioners with a bunch of different roles, but a common theme, um, probably myself more than others, but first off, being not athletic enough to need training to be successful, but it was some way, shape, or form of some injury or some disdain towards coaching to get coaching somewhere else, and then you have an inspiring coach. But it's super interesting how there are a lot more commonalities on kind of how we get into it, but how we stay in it and how we find our own niche is pretty unique. So I'd love to, to, to chat about this really quick as you kind of mentioned it. So I describe it as like box hopping. So we're all trying to find our thing and, you know, it's more valuable to have a bigger list of things that don't work out than do work out. You know, like, like I, I would say, I guess with like girlfriends, well, if it worked out with the first girl that I, I talked to, I, I'd be dating Jesse from fifth grade, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, so maybe because I'm going through my own quarter life crisis, being, being 25, being full time for about a year and a half now, you know, all these niches, what do I want to pick up? You know, and it's been more valuable going all in on something because at the time I did believe that that was it. But I guess kind of throughout your decade in the field, was it hoops right away? Or could you kind of briefly chat on the process of what interests you, then you kind of lost it, and then you're kind of just trying to figure out your thing? Yeah, well, first of all, you know, shout out to, to all of my girlfriends from fifth grade. Hey, there you go. I uh, hope, <laughs> hope you guys are all listening. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, for me, um, I totally agree, like, with the whole box hopping uh, theory, if you will. <clears throat> I, I feel like it's so – beneficial to have so many different experiences throughout your life, whether it's in your profession or in relationships or things you're passionate about, whatever. I just, I feel like that helps you stay well-rounded, helps you stay sharp. You know, like the first coaching job that I ever had, I was, I was really working with general population and, and no athletes. And that was kind of a blessing for me at the time, because that, really had I had to refine myself as a coach like we're working with people that may have never had previous exercise experience or maybe they have been in shape in the past and now they're out of shape and that's why they're coming maybe they have like life-threatening health issues and so that's very different from somebody who's you know already bouncy fast strong the genetics to be you know whatever they want to be that is a very different experience. And I spent like the first two and a half, three years of my career doing that. And that little segment of my career boosted me, you know, as far as like how I talk to people, how I treat people, kind of the empathetic side of coaching and how to approach people as a person before an athlete that gave me that foundation. And if I never had that, I don't know, like 
you know, I, I would like to assume that I w everything would have been fine, but I just feel like there would have been a harder road for me than if I just took a GA position and automatically started working with athletes, you know, before I kind of felt like I was, you know, quote unquote, deserving of working with athletes. So, um, I don't know. Like, that's kind of a rant. I don't know if it directly answers your question, but I just yeah. feel I totally agree with the box hopping theory for sure. Was was that in the private side? Where was that first role at? So it was very like it's very I've been asked this question a lot. It's an odd gym. It's hard to describe. It was like a private boutique commercial gym, if gotcha. that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's a small, it was a small local gym. They're, they're no longer in business now, but it was a small local gym, had about 200 members, but still had the boutique, like private vibe too, especially when it came to like personal training and stuff. Gotcha. So at the time I was only doing, this was like 2012, I was doing only one-on-one -on -one stuff. And now I've kind of moved to like a semi-private model, but it was kind of that perfect mix of both where I got to, be on the floor, you know, kind of be the guy in the gym that had, you know, I was like the point person. If anybody had questions that were, they were just there doing their own thing. But I was also on the floor trying to make relationships with people, build rapport, potentially sell them a package or get them to try an assessment. So it wasn't the LA fitness side of commercial gyms, but it definitely wasn't like a private boutique either. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so kind of building on that to, modify kind of one of my statements so so i said like as long as you're you're all in well i i agree with that but at the time like believing that 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 is the best for you at that moment now being a, a hooper and an athlete i'm sure at the moment um it might not you might have known that that wasn't it but there is value in everything. So even if it is a little bit more gen pop, let's say the workouts are a little bit easier, you can say, I'm going to challenge myself to get the best people skills out of this possible. I'm going to, I'm going to use this not as training time. This is going to be EQ time working on my emotional yep. intelligence. Um, so whether it's really going all in and saying at this point in time, this is the best thing for me right now. Or saying, how can I maximize my time here to it's so facto not be here? Um, yep. So just this idea of, <laughs> I guess, box hopping, for lack of a better term, um, to kind of figure out whatever it is you like. You know, I've 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 wanted to be the the like data data driven all numbers nerd tech guy, and then I'm like, I just really like coaching athletes, you know, and then yeah. I'm at TC Boost, which is like speed and agility is our thing. And this is like the first time on and off for four years, five years that I've coached here. I'm like, wait, I'm like, I'm a speed coach. Like as simple as yeah. that sounds like at first, it's just like, oh, I'm a performance coach. And we do speed and agility, but it's like, I'm a speed, like we do speed, um, which changes, you know, the type of social media posts I have. And, but box hopping and, and especially for the, the younger coach, like figuring out or accumulating that list of things you tried wholeheartedly, but you're like, eh, there's still value to be had out of it. So, so crazy how, how it all comes together, but, but here we are now. So, uh, I guess we'll, we'll get into the main questions. So looking back, kind of what was the, the biggest slash first fork in the road that reflecting on your journey, if you had gone the other way, it, everything would be different. Yeah, that's, um, uh, you know, I think it, it could go back super far, you know, Keep to on. like, 
not that far. Jesse not from that fifth far. grade. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like, you know, middle school, high school, a little bit of college. Like, um, I, I definitely literally had a fork in a road kind of growing up. You know, I could have I could have gone two different ways. I, I was around tons of distractions, you know, the wrong people. I hung with I hung with, you know, everybody from the where I'm from in the area. So, you know, the quote unquote good kids and the quote unquote bad kids. But it was, you know, really for me, it's like my my parents gave me that solid foundation of like knowing kind of just how far you know I would test the lines don't get me wrong I, I would definitely test the lines but I, I found myself always making the right decisions and having it pay off and just knowing that my parents gave me that so like I know that if I would have continued down the path that I was kind of heading it would have it would have ended ugly for me you know just from a lifestyle perspective and definitely had more than enough opportunities to choose that path and just, you know, some, I don't know, maybe it's luck, parents, just being in the right place at the right time. I ended up kind of going on this better path of trying to, you know, just trying to better myself and kind of grow and continue to, you know, just see what else is out there for me, you know, but that's kind of like a, uh, you know, an early phase, not necessarily my career path that was more of just like how is your life going to be you know what I mean in terms of career path I feel like going back to that first gym that I started at you know like you said that is a time where you, you for me I was working on my EQ and really just trying to get the most of it most out of it that I possibly could um, that was my first job out of college and really the reason I got that job is because it was a new gym at the time and they needed everything. And so I have a marketing background because I that's kind of what I actually focused on from an educational standpoint in college was multimedia and, and marketing. So I approached the gym owner like, hey, I have kind of a unique skill set. Like I'm a coach, or at least I want to be a coach, but I'm more trained and educated in marketing than I am in coaching. So I feel like I can fill two voids for you. I can be your coach and I can also help you get your gym kind of going off the ground from a marketing standpoint. And so that was really my end into the industry. Now I knew long-term I didn't want to do any of the marketing. I didn't want to be really necessarily at that gym for my entire career, but I knew that if I did that well, then it could lead to other things. And so that was my mindset was like, this is your, this is your shot. This is your interview, if you will. You know, I kind of look at every day as an interview. Now it's like, you got to be on all the time. And so for me, that actually was another like good fork in the road, if you will, because that led to me actually getting my first athletes because I crushed it with adults. And guess what? They have kids that play sports. So now they're like, hey, I really enjoyed this process with you. I lost weight or I feel better. My joints don't hurt. Whatever the goal was, oh, I have a daughter that plays soccer. Do you think like you want to work with her? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. let's yeah. go. That's yeah. what I – That's now we're, we got the wheels turning. 
But that was what led me to my first clients ever was it was literally their parents or their coaches or teachers at their school that I had just done my very best with. And, you know, I think there's a lot to be said with that um, because I feel like a lot of people are not seizing their opportunities no matter where they're at. You know, I, this is like my number one pet peeve. I mean, here's a quick example. I have a six-year-old. I have a four and a six-year-old, but my six-year-old just started basketball. And me being like highly involved in basketball, I have decided to kind of take a step back and just let him develop and have fun with it before we put any pressure on it. And I just wanted to see if you like the sport, mm. introduce him to the sport. So we sign him up at, at the Y, you know, and it's just like the, every kid's introduction kind of starts at that level, at the Y or something similar. So I'm in there, I'm watching, you know, I just, I just love to watch my kids play and have fun. I'm not, I don't care if they're good right now. I don't care. I just want them to have fun. You can train them later. Yeah. I just want them to learn, you know, just learn the basics. And I'm watching these kids and they're, and they're going up to, they're starting at a cone, they're dribbling to a cone and they're shooting on the basket, right? Perfect classic drill. But the body language of the coach is just like, dude, do you even want to be here? He's not saying anything. He's just getting the rebound, just passing it, rolling it back to the line. He's not, oh, good try, little Johnny. Good try, little little Catherine. He, he's not, like, encouraging the kids. He's just, like, there for a paycheck. And it's so obvious. And then as practice goes on, I noticed that my son, Julian, is getting kind of discouraged because he's missing shots. And we, we've practiced in the front yard, you know, he's – capable of hitting shots and he knows he's like something ain't right and then so on a water break he comes to me and he's like the ball's too heavy dad the ball's too heavy and so I watch him on the next drill and sure enough they're using a men's basketball there's there's three balls in this drill and two of them are youth balls and then I look and I'm like dude you're right that ball is significantly bigger I can see it from across the gym it's significantly bigger than the other two balls and I, it just, I'm like, coach, you have to see that. You know what I mean? You, this is your job. You got kids using a full-size basketball as their introduction to the sport when everybody else is using a, a, a child-sized ball. So long story short, I say all that just to be like, kill it where you are. Approach it like that is the most important job of your life. Because guess what? I'm a dad, but I'm also a gym owner. And we happen to be hiring right now. And I know for a fact, I don't want that dude on my staff. And so I'm always looking. I'm always kind of just observing people. And I just feel very strongly, whether it's fast food, whether it's in, you know, children's training, whether it's at the library, school, whatever, just be, be an all-star where you're at in that moment. And a lot of people, I, I just don't think are doing that. And I think that was the big fork in the road that helped me to kind of bring this all back. And that first opportunity, the first gym job that I ever had, I just really did my best. Like, and looking back at my program from 2012, my best was pretty crappy, but that's all part of the growth, right? I mean, you should look at your programs from two years ago and question them. But I think that's what helped me is just looking at it as, wow, I have the opportunity 
to help people. I get to do this and I don't have to do this. I get to do it. It's a privilege. It's, it's, a, it's a blessing to be in this position. And that was the biggest fork in the road, I think, for me. It might be the, the, the biggest, not, not cliche, but like IRL worthy advice of like, you gotta, you gotta crush the small stuff or like be an all-star at the small stuff. Like literally, cause we, we've, we have interns and we're actually hiring too. So wink, wink listener. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, if I can't trust an intern to like set up five hurdles, how the heck am I going to like vouch for them when it comes time to, Oh, you know, one of our coaches is out for tonight. Who can cover it? It's like, ah, not that guy, you know, like, yeah, or gal, sure. but yep. like, like even just my own journey within TC boost, like the first coach on staff, you know, like they get the, the youth class, the nine, 10, 11 year olds. And then like, I, I did all those workouts and now I get all the, the middle schoolers, you know, and then eventually the guy that does the high schoolers, he's going to be out, you know, and, and believe it or not, like nine, 10, 11 year olds, if any of them are, are listening, which I'd be impressed, let me know. They don't exactly get me going as much as like the high schoolers and the college kids, but you know, like you got to make it like big time where you are. And, and like, I even, I'm rolling my eyes just saying that phrase, but I think that there's know, so much <laughs> to be, to me, to be said about like taking a step back and saying, I'm going to go all in, not because this is it for me, but because this is like part of getting there. Yeah. Um, whether it's something within your day to day, whether it's, it's a role in and of itself. Um, but I've, I've had the same thoughts about uh, whenever I'm, I'm older being like, can I really trust my kid going to a different coach or like, what if, like, if they don't want me to train them, like I, I, I can't imagine what that's like being in the stands <laughs> watching it's other tough. coaches. I mean, like I coached them. I, it's funny. We've talked about T-ball three times now, but I've coached them in T-ball this year because the way I see it is I know enough about T-ball to give them the solid foundation of, you know, hey, this is how you feel the ball. This is how you throw. This is, these are the rules. You know, this is the etiquette of, you know, how to be a baseball player. But I don't know nearly as much about baseball, T-ball, as I do about basketball. So I want to get this, this kind of introductory phase, you know, to hang out with my kids and instill this in other people's kids. And then I'm going to pass them on to somebody who's an expert. And so – that was kind of my idea for not coaching basketball because I, I feel like I have actually the more upper level coaching experience there. So I want them to experience that introductory phase, you know, just as is without me, because I don't know if I trust myself to not make it like extreme for them. You know what I mean? And so that way somebody can pass them on to me who has, you know, a little bit more experience and then by the time they get to me, whether it's my kids or other kids, we know they, they enjoy the sport, they know the basics, and now we can actually really focus on development and not so much a general phase, like everybody gets a trophy type vibe. Now it's like, hey, let's get better. Let's really get better and, and, and train hard and work hard. And the people that are in that group now have made it through those phases where they're, if they didn't like the sport, they've dropped off. Mm. I won't be their first introduction to the sport. And so that was kind of my idea. And I don't know if that's like a backwards mindset or not, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, as an ex-college baseball player, like I think I'd, I'd actually rather coach like youth basketball than youth baseball. Like I just, I'm, I'm too far yeah. in. 
Yeah, that's kind of yeah, yeah. But that that those decisions are are many many years away. But mm -hmm. so we will move on to the next kind of big question. So, what is the coolest story you have thus far? So I have a funny slash cool story that kind of you know it embodies like kind of my humor and and a little bit of my work ethic too, all in one. So let's do it. Um. Obviously, the coolest thing I've ever done in my career is open up my own facility. You know, that's a huge milestone for any entrepreneur, any coach. Um, the process of that could have its own podcast in itself. Um, but there were, I'll spare all the details, but there were so many challenges along the way, whether it be time, financial, logistics, uh, just setbacks in construction, just like that whole process was so eye-opening, um, frustrating, stressful, but fulfilling all at once. And then obviously we had our first like flagship location for three years and luckily, you know, did well there and kind of sparked up this partnership with um, a bigger facility that was looking for tenants in their weight room, kind of moved our entire facility into their facility and that was kind of what you saw when you came out so we went from about 3,000 square feet to 60,000 square feet um, big jump a lot more potential there we're in a, a, a better spot that's like kind of a multi-sport campus with a lot of fields and a lot of different sports venues in the area so that process alone was just so cool and you know super proud of that um, but the funny story that I have was, as you said, you know, I'm from Indiana, grew up Pacers fan, love the Pacers, even though they break my heart every year. Um, growing up, you know, I kind of like when I, I think 2011, 12, some, sometime around there when I just got out of college, Pacers were, were crushing it and they were going against the Heat every year in the Eastern Conference Finals. And that team had Lance Stevenson on it. So Lance is a fan favorite. He's beloved in Indiana. He is the man. He can, he can do no wrong here. Um, I actually invited him to my wedding, like, as a joke, kind of oh. like as a viral, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I sent out wedding invites to, like, Lance Stevenson, Peyton Manning, like, all these indie athletes. I, I just, as a joke, you know what I mean? Just because – at the time, it was like kind of a viral trend that people yeah. were doing. And either the person was like showing up or, Sending you know, they get like tickets in return or something like yeah. that. So I invited Lance to my wedding. So he didn't come. No harm, no foul. Uh, a couple years later, maybe like 2015, 16, I tweeted. Uh, there are several, like, I think there was like three athletes that I would love to train right now. It was Lance Stevenson. It was Baker Mayfield, and then the third was a high school kid that just got cut from his team. He has a great attitude and works hard, but he's just not quite good enough yet. Those are like – that was like – that was the three athletes that I want to work with, you know. And so I thought nothing of it. It was just a random tweet. Get some likes. Yeah, just whatever. Yeah, just a funny – so last year I get a call from a, a random number like – 
I answer it, which I never answer random numbers, but for some reason, something told me to answer if, it. If, if they're a person, they'll leave a voicemail. That's my philosophy. Exactly. Well, I answer it. I don't know why. It's Lance Stevenson. And he's looking for a trainer. And I was like, what, what? is happening right now? And so, Where were so, you, dude, uh, at my wedding? Jeez. I was like, yeah. So I told him that story day one. I'm like, hey, this is going to sound really weird, but hopefully you remember this trend like 10 years ago. <laughs> I invited you to my wedding. Obviously, the Pacers didn't give you that piece of fan mail. But um, so that kind of, you know, just, I don't know. It's just weird. You know, the, the, invite the tweet just kind of being funny and then one day we start working together and we and we trained uh last kind of like through the covid time you know last year which is kind of weird um we spent about like three months together and you know we crushed it man i still talk to him literally to this day and the wild thing is that you know lance who i feel like should be on the nba roster right now for whatever reason, he's kind of being, he, he's kind of being, I don't know, a little, a little bit of blacklisted in the NBA. But long story short, he goes to China, and he in his last season he played in China. So he played with a guy that I had previously trained, previously trained named Darius Adams, who ended up being like the Chinese league MVP. So that's probably the connection of like how they, how he ended up with me. So. China is not allowing people uh, imports to, to play this year because of COVID. So Lance was kind of banking on that. So he's now a G League. He's, he's on the G League affiliate of the Grand on the uh, Nuggets. So it's the Grand Rapids Rush, who just drafted a guy that I did NBA pre-draft work with out of IPUI. So it's like just the full circleness of a guy that I spent time with previously and Lance randomly on the same roster as Marcus Burke, who I had did his pre-draft work with. And now it's like, okay, everything happened for a reason there because Lance is a vet. Now he's on a G League affiliate. He's definitely going to get called up to the NBA. But now somebody that I spent a lot of time with and Marcus has that, you know, veteran kind of, person in the locker room to take him under his wing in his first NBA experience. And they both have ties back to me and back to our little culture that we've created in this gym. And I just feel like that's just a really cool, funny, like just a everything happens for a reason story based around one of the most entertaining players of all time in Lance Stevenson. It's great. It, it like <laughs> it, it, everything does come together. And that is what continues to bl blow my mind. Like whether, whether it was like how, how we're here right now, like yeah. Eric introduced us and we said hello, but nothing too much. And then, yeah. Be, and then because of that, you were able to, to send one of your athletes my way, um, who just needed a, a trainer and had to move back home, you know, which, yep. um, or whether it's our own athletes where they're a year apart at a different high school, but they each commit to the same team for it to play in yep. college. And it's like, Oh, no way. Like this is going to be your teammate in a year, you know, and then they're connected. So and stuff. Cool. There was a, a one example. There's a girl, she's a junior committed to Purdue for soccer. And then a sophomore who has aspirations and is going to end up D one somewhere. 
complete strangers. And then they started the high school class together. And now like the junior, like picks up the soft, like every day, like they're, they're buddies now, love you it. know? Yeah. I um, love that. Or whether it's, it's across the country or just in the facility, like, um, you just got to be there facilitating, making it happen, making people want to train with you. And then they'll talk about you and make it a good experience for the athletes. And they all vibe together. And there, there's a little saying I say in my head, it's DTRT, do the right thing. Whether it's, yeah. whether it's, you know, picking up that few extra stuff that I could leave out before I lock up or whether it's just at my own house, just doing the right thing. It's like, just like bring the juice, do the right thing. Like, like I, I just can't even speak to how many how many stories have just come from that so that's my, yeah, my little 100%. follow-up from your story no but. I I think that's awesome man like even you know another weird story this isn't nearly as in-depth or cool but I have two basketball players one I've been working with for about two years and the other I've been working with for almost five and so the two, the guy, Jalen Brown, who I've been working with for about two years, he's a little bit, he's already, you know, I started working with him after his second year as a pro. And so he's already elevated in his career and kind of, you know, more established. So he previously played in Spain and this year made the jump to Germany. So he plays for the Hamburg Towers in the BBLE. Now the other kid, uh, I call him a kid still because I've been working with him for a minute, but Jordan, he just graduated from college and he, he was looking for his first job, basically. And he gets a call from a, a German league, uh, the, the B League, which is like the third division. And he takes it. He's like, I love it. Boom. So he goes out there, he does really well. And then he ends up getting a two way with the BBL team that's in the same city, which is the Hamburg Towers. So now these two guys that have been training together for the last two-ish years are teammates. They're literal teammates, and they train together in the offseason. And it's just like, what are the odds of that happening? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And how cool is that for you to be across the country, or excuse me, across the world, and, you know, overseas basketball is, is a grind. But now here you get a teammate who you've trained with, you know – uh, you're from the same city, you have mutual friends, and that just has to be so, you know, comforting. And I just can't imagine the benefits that, that they'll get from that from a, from a mental standpoint of just being able to perform with less stress because, you know, they're not out there alone. You know, they're not the only American on their team. They can't even talk to their teammates. Like a lot of that stuff we don't think about with overseas basketball players. But that's just another cool story of like two guys that trained together, ended up on the same team in the same city in Germany. And, you know, just everything just working out and, and everything just kind of coming full circle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and even with the, the player in the G League, like how impactful that's going to be for his career. Like his yeah. first stint, he's got someone to like kind of take under his wing. Um, yeah, that's that's nuts. That's cool. That's cool. I, I think it. I think it's so fact that they should they should fly you out there for a game or two, just to say thank Man, you. I need I need to be going to Germany and I need to be going to some Nuggets games this year. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So that's on your uh, to do list for sure. Yeah. So last question. Even though this question has already been kind of checked a, a few times, 
the the story you're most proud of or like the the biggest kind of full circle moment um that that took time and, and reflection to kind of realize it but which uh which story would that be um so yeah we we have kind of hit that a little bit but i think overall um throughout my career i have just thoroughly enjoyed giving back to the community that I grew up in, um, which is the east side of Indianapolis. Uh, this high school there is Warren Central. Um, super, super massive school with just, you know, every type of walk of life you can imagine. It's a melting pot. And, um, but it does have a reputation as kind of being a, a rough school and having, you know, some you know, at-risk youth in the community. So it's been amazing for me to get back to that community and, and use my platform and my, I guess, you know, business as a means to give kids in that community something that is an outlet for them. So I think this started like in 2016 or 17. I started just picking up kids from that school, um, which is my old high school. So it was easy for me to, to get back in and be like, hey, I want to start kind of a program. So pick them up from school or take them to school, um, train them, you know, just kind of volunteer my time to, to help these kids not only get better at sports, but just overall have a mentor, have somebody in their life that's like got their back no matter what. Um, and that thing kind of just started as like an organic a couple kids that I don't want to help out and then it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew and it's still growing but it led to me being on staff full-time with the basketball team in that school which is dope for me because I'm coaching now at my old high school and it's just been an amazing experience for me to kind of just do something just out of you know just because again it's the right thing to do do the right thing just mm -hmm. I expect nothing in return. I enjoy it. I love it. It's it's what I wanted to do with my time. And it led to something really cool for me, which was never about the money or never about anything other than just giving back to that school, helping those kids get free educations, helping those kids just stay on the right path, helping those kids just have somebody to kind of lean on and look at as like a big brother um, or even a father figure. And that has been the biggest like full circle thing for me by far. Um, like I said, it's, it's never been about the money or the job or the official title of being on staff. It's like, you just do it and it organically just became a thing. And then now it's an official thing and it just feels good. You know what I mean? Just go spend time with those kids every week and you know like last year was my first year on staff with them officially and it was amazing like just such a fun group like basketball team was crazy we had five kids going to play college basketball and the six went on to play college football um it was just it was just the best experience that I could ask for as like a first year basketball coach and now we're, we're gearing up for a second year and it's it's uh, I can't wait to see kind of what it turns into, but that's by far just the coolest moment for me. Just the messages that I get from kids, you know, just how, you know, how fulfilling it is to be able to work with kids and and 
them appreciate it and and show appreciation just grow as humans and grow as athletes obviously for sure but overall just young professionals that eventually are going to go on and and just do great things with their life that's been awesome for me when you when you kind of start started that process what was it like kind of talking first with admin and then consequently that first kind of interaction with with the players with this premise of like hey here's this guy who wants to help out he's just like this random guy or like was there any like pushback or kind of what do you remember about that first i don't know let's say like month or or two months so it it helped that i went there and you know a lot of us like the ad was there from when i was there and stuff like that so it was a very easy introduction for me for them to be able to say, hey, like he played here, now this is what he does. And he's looking for anybody that wants to, you know, develop their athleticism or whatever the case may be. Um, but it, it really started with one kid. Um, his name is Malik Stanley. He plays at Barry University now out in, out in Miami. Miami Shores. And, yeah. Yeah. And so Malik was like really like my little brother, like he, I kind of took him under my wing and, and that was, and he was a leader and he went on to be just so good at basketball, you know, like not that I had anything to do with that, but he just, his, what he did, what he produced on the court every night, um, it just led to more kids just wanting to be around him and soak up his greatness. And by, you know, as a byproduct of that, they ended up around me. And then I could instill whatever, you know, whatever uh, those kids needed. And so it really started with Malik and, and just he was the leader and then more came. He'd bring two teammates. And then and then I'd be like, all right, well, now we'll, let's get on a rotation. You know, like, like you four come on this day and then take the next day off and then you four come. Or, you know, if you need a ride, I'll, I'll pick up. Monday, Wednesday, Friday from school and you four can ride. And like, so it became like this, this thing, you know, we had like a seat rotation. I had four open seats in my car. So you start in the front and then you go to seat that's seat one. Then you go two, three, and four. And after four, you're out until you get back to one. Damn. So that way it's like a snake effect. And so it just, it, it caught on. It just became this fun thing. And, and it was really, there was never any like pushback or any type of, uh, awkwardness it was just like hey this dude like he just wants to help and and we love it and we we had a nice little system down it was so fun um dudes got me into like nba 2k and like we bought an xbox and like when they wait for their rides when they're done training they'd play xbox or something like that and then they started challenging me and i'm like no i haven't played xbox since i was like in college but i'm definitely gonna whoop you and then i'd go play them and try to it was just it was just a really, really cool experience to see how it all organically came together. And um, like I said, led to like an official position at the school, which now I have a, a even bigger platform and an even bigger opportunity to help those kids because now I'm around them so much more. Was that on your mind for years and years or did it just hit you one day and you were like, all right, I guess I'm stopping by the high school. I'm gonna go chat with some people. So it really, it was never specifically on my mind. Like it was never a plan to be like, I want to start this, this grassroots program. But 
you know, from day one, what I got into this for was to help whoever needed help. And I know that sounds so corny and cheesy, but I never knew what the help was going to be when I started this journey. Like I never knew it was going to be strength conditioning. I just was like, I feel like I've had experiences in my life where a lot of people have helped me and a lot of people have kind of shown me the path to take and what uh, sacrifices to make and what distractions to kind of ignore. And it led me to here. And now I'm here and I feel like I need to do the same for others. And so it like it finally came together being a coach, you know, but through the years it was, you know, general population helping those people. Then it was youth athletes helping those kids. Then it was, I mean, shoot, I spent two years at a pro hockey level helping people. It was like, it, it never really was a specific thing. It just came together and it just was like, boom, that's, that's what it is that clicked. And, and once you feel it and once it feels right and it's, it's kind of just one of those things that you can't question. That's when I knew like, Hey, we got to keep it going and, and keep doing what you're doing. You're on the right path. And, and you just get signs kind of from the universe that, that lets you know. Fantastic. Last question on that rapid fire. What's the most underrated and overrated teams in TK? Oh, see. All right. So I, I will say that my brief stint with 2K was like that, like four months having played since. Uh, but um, I this was 2K with uh, Giannis on the cover. So I think 2K 18 or 19. Most overrated team for sure was the Rockets. Like I just I, I wasn't feeling that team at all. Underrated team, though, was. um Shoot. Honestly, I think Pacers, man. The Pacers are underrated. <laughs> don't like, sleep like, on the Pacers. They'll break your, <laughs> don't they'll, sleep on the Pacers. They'll, they'll, they'll break your heart, com- but don't sleep on them. Completely our MO. Like, underrated, <laughs> look good on paper, but uh, things aren't going right on the court. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so so last, last kind of question. This will be briefer. So – we're all practitioners, at least my average audience, hopefully some athletes too, but we're all here trying to be better at what we do, make a bigger impact, et cetera, et cetera. What's one question you can pose to the listener that they can ask themselves, put on a sticky note on their mirror, just wherever it may be, daily, weekly basis that you think can help them get better? Ooh, I like that. I like that. I think uh, a, a very simple question that I literally ask myself every single day is what do you want to accomplish today? Like every day I ask myself that in my head. Um, And I just think that sets the tone for the day. And every day I drop my kids off, my two boys at school and they're in kindergarten and pre-K. And I ask them, boys, what do you guys want to accomplish today? And you know what I mean? That's just like our thing. And, and like for the first couple of times I asked them, they didn't even know they were like, dad, what does accomplish mean? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, hold on. What is your goal for today? What do you want to do today? But now we're back to accomplish. But I just feel like that sets the tone for the day and, and gives you the energy um, to, to be your best self. What do you want to accomplish today? I want to jump on a podcast with Matt, or I want to go coach kids, or whatever the case may be. 
look at your calendar. What do you have to do today? And just know what you have to crush and go do it. And some days you're going to take an L. Like, you're not going to win every single day. Um, but you can sure as heck try. And I think there's a lot of value in that, just trying to win every single day and accomplish whatever your goals are. Even if you take the L, it's probably a more pro- productive L if, if you had some game plan in mind. Yeah, for I th- sure. I think, I think that's the, the biggest thing is, you know, if every day was extraordinary, then that'd be your new average. So knowing that, like, not every day is going to be out of this world, but, um, you know, if you turn your your C days into B days because you got a goal, and then you turn your B days into A days because you got a, a little bit more focus, and then your A days just become that much more effective. Yeah. You know, that, that's a solid little recipe right there. So 100%. I want to say thank you very much for all of your time. And now I get to roll out the red carpet for you to shamelessly plug whatever you got to <laughs> plug. Where where can the, the listeners get more of Coach Ochoa? Really, uh, Instagram and Twitter, man, that's really where I kind of hang out these days. Um, it's Justin Ochoa 317. I don't, I don't really have anything else, man. Just I'm in the gym. All my content is on, on uh, social media and I'm always down to chat and uh, meet new coaches, just kind of hang out. I, I really enjoyed this. I appreciate you for having me on for sure. Fantastic. We'll talk soon. Awesome, man. See you.